second reading for today is from John, the 15th chapter, reading verses 12 through 17, and this can be found on page 103 in your pew Bibles. The first um, couple of verses that we will read, I think, are really familiar, and so listen to those, but then keep listening and listen a little bit more deeply as those are the, the verses that we'll will speak to today. Let us listen for God's word. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer. Because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. Because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the father will give you whatever you ask him. In my name, I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. O most gracious God, we give you thanks that you have called us here this day. And we pray, O God, now for open ears and open minds as we trust and know that your Holy Spirit is in this place. Speak through me. May all of us hear and know of your holy presence. For it is in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. I was the tallest girl in my fifth grade class. I was the tallest by a long shot. I also had dark, curly hair. My friends, and I'm pretty sure every other girl in fifth grade, was shorter, smaller, petite, with blonde hair, and they were able to make their hair look like Farrah Fawcett. (laughs) Ring a bell? (laughs) I couldn't do that. And I was standing out and just felt awkward, pretty miserable, actually, a lot of the time. And then, one day, Jennifer Pollock moved to town and entered into our fifth grade class. She was as tall as me, and she had dark black hair. I felt like life was going to be okay. Jennifer and I became close friends. Fortunately, we had similar interests and we liked each other, but I don't think that would have mattered at that point because we looked alike and there was some comfort in knowing uh, this person who I could share this fifth grade experience with. This is one of my earliest memories of friendship. Today we are talking about friends, and in our text that I just read, 
Jesus calls us friends. So friendship's important. It's a gift from God. And it's something that we need, I think, to know about, to think about, and certainly to give thanks for. So friendship, what is it? How does friendship today look different than 50 years ago? Today, because of social media, Facebook in particular, we can be friends with hundreds of people. I have over a thousand friends on Facebook. I don't even know. I don't know how that's possible. But are these people, people, my friends? So how do we define friendship? I asked this question this week. I asked my friends at Westminster Canterbury when I was over there for lunch. I asked the church staff in our devotional time. I asked my family and others, how do you define friendship? Or what are qualities that are important to you in friendship? A friend is someone who is not judgmental. Several people made this comment. A friend is someone who is not judgmental. A friend is trustworthy. A friend is someone I can laugh with. Someone I can cry with. Someone who can endure the pain of life with you. Someone who can put up with me. I think Steve Eason said that one. Someone I have wonderful memories with. Friendship. It is important. What would life be like without it? On Facebook, you may know, you can unfriend people, which seems really harsh to me. Uh, I have unfollowed people, but unfriending feels pretty mean. But many of you know, I am the mom of three precious children, but did you know that they are all in middle school now? Yes, that's right. I live with three middle schoolers. Need I say anything more? Talk about a laboratory of fragile, failing, full, fantastic, frantic friendships. I am learning and remembering that friendship can be very rocky in middle school. In our home, one child can come home one day sharing they are best friends with so-and-so. And then a week later, oh, we aren't talking anymore. The roller coaster of relationships. And it may be that middle schoolers are more honest. And in actuality, we all wrestle with this roller coaster ride of friendship. Some days it seems like it can be brutal and at least challenging to navigate. But friendship is important. So how do we learn to be friends? Do we watch our parents? Do we just intuitively figure it out? We are each unique with different personalities, and so we have different ways of friending people. Today I want us to consider what the Bible has to say to teach us about friendship. I want to consider three things. One, what kind of friend was Jesus 
to his disciples and those who he spent time with. Two, what does the Apostle Paul and the early church teach us about friendship? And three, to ask the question, do you consider Jesus your friend? And you're all thinking, why aren't we singing what a friend we have in Jesus, (laughs) aren't you? We were too late in the bulletin. But sing it in your head, because it's a wonderful hymn. First, taking a look at Jesus and how he friended the disciples and those he spent time with. What can we learn about friendship here? Well, Jesus seemed to like his friends, the people he spent time with, the disciples, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, etc. How did he act around them? Well, as their teacher, he had a lot of patience. He was kind and forgiving. He was also vulnerable, wasn't he? Think about the tears that he shed when his best friend, Lazarus, was pronounced dead. Jesus got frustrated with his friends. When they couldn't stay awake on his last night before his arrest, they were, he asked them to stay awake and he went to them and they were asleep. He expected more of them. We expect more of our friends at times. And he let them know. He was disappointed. Some of the qualities of friendship that Jesus had, kind, forgiving, vulnerable, honest, frustrated, sounds like a good friend. And how about the Apostle Paul? What kind of friend did he turn out to be? I imagine it took a lot of trust for his new friends to accept him. Because remember, he was Saul, and he had been persecuting all of them until his abrupt conversion, where his life was turned around. But he must have, I imagine, had to earn the trust of his friends. And sometimes we have to do that in our friendships. He had it seems, spent a lot of time earning that trust because then when we read what he wrote and the way that he cared about the early church and the people he was working with, he had such admiration and care and love. And if you get Marianne read for us from Philippians, the letter that Paul wrote, if you read that, you hear this just adoration and love and care that he had for the people at this church, and he points out how much they loved and cared for him. He is affirming of them and grateful for how supportive they are of him. When we consider the kind of friend Jesus was and Paul became, I think these are good models for me to follow as I consider how to be a friend. Do you have a best friend? Maybe you're like me, and you can't single out one person. Jennifer Pollock from fifth grade, she moved away in seventh grade, and when we reconnected, I kept growing, and she didn't. (laughs) It was the most bizarre thing. When I saw her, I thought, what? 
But that shows you how tight our friendship was because we were still, and we still are today, close friends. What is it about your friends that make them special? I have a best friend here today. My friend, Michael, we met in college. Give a wave. (laughs) And we have been best friends ever since. We have had some incredibly fun and fantastic times together. And we have both walked through some pretty painful and difficult times. Friendship and memories are truly a gift. And memories are something we can carry with us anywhere. I could stand here and think about my history with my friend Michael, and there's a slideshow of memories that comes up in my mind. What a gift friendship is. Do we give thanks to God for the gift of friendship often enough? A friend is someone who can withstand the challenges in life with you and celebrate the joy. It's a God-given gift. God made us to be in relationship with each other. This is how God made us. And we have the gift of friendship to share. And so then we look at, do you consider Jesus your friend? Think about that for a minute. Would you consider Jesus your friend? I don't know that I have, before getting ready for this, specifically thought about Jesus as a friend, but I think I want to change this. Because, as we've already discovered, Jesus is a great friend. But more importantly, in our text today from John, Jesus says, I call you friend. He says, I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Jesus says, I don't call you servants any longer. Why? Well, he says, because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but you now know everything about me. Jesus just took away that barrier, that um, upper hand, and is saying, there are no secrets. We are connected. I am not above you like a boss. I am next to you like a friend. This is a new way of thinking about Jesus. I think of him as Lord, as Lord of life. But Jesus is saying, I am also your friend. We talked about this text in our staff devotional this week, and one of our staff members said, It's sort of like thinking of your parent as a friend. They might be friends in some capacity, but there is still a distance. There's just some things they just don't need to know. It's easy to think about our relationship with Jesus as being similar. Friends, maybe, but friends with a lot of respect and reverence. But I think Jesus is saying here, I mean, he is saying here, I no longer call you servants because you know everything about me. We are now friends. And as much as we might like to think differently, Jesus knows 
everything about us. There's nothing we can hide as much as we might like to or even think we can. We can't. Jesus, God, knows it all. Everything about us, the number of hairs on our head, and the thought we had about that awful driver this morning that cut us off on the way to church, God knows it all. And it gets even better. He likes us anyway. He says, you did not choose me, I chose you. Jesus friended us first on Facebook. And he will never unfriend us, no matter how obnoxious we are, how petty, whatever we post, he doesn't want to unfriend us. Why would we ever want to unfriend Jesus? I know why I might think like that. I might feel like I want to unfriend Jesus because I'm disappointed for Jesus not fixing all the problems we are having in the world. Why did this bombing take place in Manchester this week? Why are so many people suffering from depression and addiction? Why is my life hard on certain days? On those difficult days, I might be tempted to unfriend Jesus because I wonder if he cares. I don't know how Jesus feels when I feel that way of wanting to unfriend. I imagine it saddens him to be separated from me. But Jesus never unfriends me. Jesus is patient and kind and forgiving. And he understands that we, like the Psalms, the psalmist and Job and many other in the Bible sometimes need to scream out to God and say, why is this happening? Or when we look at Jesus on the cross, we know he too has screamed out and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yet Jesus is big enough to handle our unfriending, but he never unfriends us. This is pretty awesome. Think about that friend that you have had the longest in your lifetime, the one that knows everything about you, the one with so many memories to share, the one who maybe you almost lost as a friend due to a fight, but you survived. Think about these friends. And guess what? There is a friend who is even greater than these. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. This is a friend who has been with us since the very beginning, knows everything about us, and loves us still, and will be with us all of our days. Jesus calls us friend and wants to be in an intimate and friendly daily relationship with us. He doesn't want us to only turn to him when we are scared before taking a test or when we show up on Sunday morning. He also doesn't want us to use some kind of formal language to speak to him. I think that's true because he says, I call you friends. When you get together with your close friends, do you put on your Sunday best? Do you speak in some formal language to them? I bet they would be a little bit stunned. 
When we are with our closest friends, we are often raw and vulnerable. We're fun and truthful, showing up who as we are. I think this is the kind of friendship Jesus wants with us. He wants to be our friend on Monday morning when you are grumpy and not wanting to go to school or work. On Tuesday, when you have just had a fight with your spouse or friend. On Wednesday, when your kids are driving you absolutely crazy. On Thursday, when you wonder if you can survive the pain anymore. On Friday, when you are getting ready to gather with some of your friends. Jesus is our friend and always ready to talk to listen, and to love. This is the good news. I hope we can go out this week remembering what Jesus said. I no longer call you servant. We are in this together. Together we can do this thing called life. I call you friend. Let us pray. Oh, holy God, we give you thanks that you call us friend. And for those of us sitting here today with more friends than we know what to do with, and for those who are sitting here today longing for connection with a friend, we thank you that you are our constant companion and friend and always drawing near. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.